I think for a parent, the word that just kind of petrifies a parent is when a child or a teenager says, you don't love me. You don't love me anymore. I think it is a statement that petrifies a parent's heart. They understand that the child or the teenager doesn't really mean that, but is a word and a statement that goes straight to the heart. Malachi 3, the text for today, the children of Israel are saying to God, you do not love us anymore. You do not love us anymore, and because you do not love us anymore, we will no longer waste our time following you. So they stopped the temple worship, and they stopped their sacrifices. And not only did they worship God, but they looked at the gods of the Baals, and they worshipped other gods. You don't love us anymore, God, therefore we're walking away from you. There is one great problem with that. When you walk away from God and his word, you have no promises left in your life. The droughts have come, the enemies have come, one trouble after another, and they say, you don't love us anymore. And when they walk away from him, there are no promises. There's no Red Sea that they can look to and say, well, the Red Sea opened for them, our forefathers, it can open for us. There's no looking at Daniel in the lion's den. If he delivered Daniel, he can deliver us. There's no looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. You have nothing when you walk away from the word of God because his promises cannot come. Malachi 3, verse 6. Malachi says, being the voice of God, I am the Lord God Almighty. I do not change. I loved your forefathers in the wilderness where for 40 years they faced drought and famine and enemies for 40 years. And I sent a manna from heaven and I let them know time and time again I was with them. You've gone through three difficult years and you've given up on me. Your forefathers had 40 years. And I am the same God to you as I was to them. I am the Lord God Almighty. I do not change. Change is rampant. In our lives. Last week compared to this week. A year ago at Thanksgiving time compared to this year. Maybe you have children married. Who were not married a year ago. And they're coming to the table. There are at least 40 of you have had babies since last Thanksgiving. And at that Thanksgiving table the babies are going to be there. Maybe last year you were employed. But last month, your company was sold to some place overseas and you're without a job. 
Or last year at this time, you were not employed and God has opened doors very wide. Our lives change all the time. Prophet Malachi comes to the people and says, are you kidding me? Three bad years, 40 years for your forefathers, 400 years of slavery. They never gave up praying to God. Why should you? I'm going to remind you right now, the Lord God Almighty does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 Those people at that time, a civil war going on in the church. Jesus has been risen from the dead for a long time. The Apostle Paul has written his epistles, By grace are ye saved through faith, not of your works. But the scribes and Pharisees are still around. And they are telling the people, Stop worshiping Jesus. Go back to the Old Testament sacrifices or you will be lost. Civil war in the church. And the Christians are saying, with all of this chaos going on, the church will be destroyed. And the author of the Hebrews writes, are you kidding me? Do you understand so little about God's power and his presence that you think this chaos could destroy his church. He echoes the words of Malachi. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. Your life and your circumstances must change. But I never change. I had chaos in heaven where Satan and a third of the angels rebelled against me. I survived that chaos. I had Adam and Eve on this earth. They were my children. Satan came, led them into sin. I survived that chaos. Not only did I survive it, but I promised that my son would come and he would crush Satan's head. If I have gone through all the chaos that I've gone through as God himself, then I'm going to remind you, I am the same as I was at the Red Sea. I'm the same as I was on Mount Carmel with Elijah the prophet. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. These two Sundays always produce a dark cloud in my life. All Saints Sunday, I hear and I see the grief etched on people's faces. I hear them say to me, I'm not going to come for the next couple of weeks because I don't want to see my loved one, in the bulletin. I have people who have not been back to church since we had a funeral service for their loved one up front. They said it's tough for me to come back to church because I see the casket right in front. 
And I want to sit and say to them, but didn't you hear the promises? Didn't you hear the promises? I go and prepare a place for you. I'll come back and take you to be with me. Didn't you hear the promises? Or was the grief so strong that the promises got blocked by the darkness? Didn't you hear the promises? In the week prior to Veterans Day, for the last 16 years, I go to three places. I go to Heinz Veterans Home. I go to Mantino Veterans Home. And when I go in, I say, you know, to the people, here I am, you know, a minister, flash my card. And I go up to the second and third floor, and I say, God, whoever I'm supposed to talk to today, make the door be opened. Make the door be opened. And at Heinz Veteran Hospital and Mantino Veterans Home, as I walk down the hallways, if I see the door is opened, I say, Lord, be with me as I go in. And the conversations that I have always touch my heart deeply. The stories these men and women share, the stories they share, most of which they cannot get through. And I ask permission to have a devotion with them. And I ask permission to have a prayer with them. And quite often, the discussion about faith comes heavily into play. This past week on Thursday, I was at my third destination, Abraham Lincoln Cemetery. There had to have been 200 people out there in the cemetery... And there were three or four different groups that I just kind of wandered up to and began conversation. The last one was a lady. And as she stood there in front of the grave, she began to lean over, grab hold of the tombstone. I thought she was going to fall. I went over to her and I said, do you need some help? And she couldn't speak because the emotions were too strong. After a couple of minutes with me just standing there, she said, two years ago, my mother and dad came with me because this is my brother's tombstone. And I came with my mom and dad because they have never gotten over his passing. Last year I came with my mother because my dad died and his ashes are here with his son's ashes. This year I come alone. My mother died And now it's my brother and my father and my mother. And I do not know if I can take much more. I ask her, are you a believer? You believe in Jesus Christ? Did your brother, your mom and your dad, were they believers? She said this to me. The more grief that comes into my life, the more does the candle of my faith flicker 
and I don't know whether it is going to be extinguished or not. It is very close to that. I said, let me tell you about my life. Let me tell you about my son. 16 years ago, the conversation went on for a good 25 or 30 minutes. She said, how do you keep your faith when one of your children dies? I said, only by the Spirit's grace, because you can go one of two directions. You can walk so far away from God as you are fearful is happening to you. Or you, by the Spirit's grace, can be invaded by Him to the point you realize your brother is in His hands, your dad is in His hands, your mom is in His hands. And as I was talking to her, I was thinking about the hymn. And as I was talking to her, I was thinking about the video. The circumstances in our life change, but he does not change. I said to her, has there ever been a time in your life where you had a Red Sea going on and God opened the doors? She said, my son is 18 years of age. He shouldn't be here. My female organs were such that I could not have a child. And the fifth year into the marriage, after we had spent so much money trying to rearrange my organs so I could have a child, and the doctor said, I'm sorry, you'll never have a child, you need to stop spending all this money. Eighteen months after he said that, I'm sick for seven days in a row, I go to the doctor, and he says, I don't know how it's possible. Looking at your x-rays and your scans... I don't know how you got pregnant, but you got pregnant. And I said to the doctor on that day, this is God's doing. I said to her, did you have any other times when God was the answer to the circumstance? She said, my husband isn't with me. He knows how emotional I get. I told him I just want to go by myself. My husband five years ago had a cancer that the doctor said, in a year's time, you won't be here. It's five years later, he's healthier than he's ever been. She said, that was God. I said, behold your life. He's the same yesterday, 18 years ago. He's the same yesterday, five years ago. As he is now. When you wake up in the morning, it's one day closer to seeing them again. Even as I waking up in the morning, one day closer to seeing Jonathan. She said, where's your church? She said, I'm going to start coming to your church. I said, if you don't come, uh, let me write down how you can watch online. And my dear lady, if you're watching online right now at 9.30, I thank you for God leading me into your life in that cemetery at that moment in time. She said to me as I left, I've always believed that God sends angels. And I think you are that for me. 
And I said, you can be that same angel to others. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I said at the start of the service, when your child goes off to school, you pat him on the head, you say, I love you, I'll see you when school's out. If you're married, if you have a friend, you kiss them on the cheek as they head off to work. You say, have a good day. God be with you. I'll see you at supper time. Is that what God does to the lady? If you're listening, my dear lady, is that what God does? Does he pat you on the head in the morning? Say, have a good day. I'll see you at night. Never. Psalm 139 He is with you every path you ever walk, every circumstance you ever go through. 21 times in 20 verses. O Lord, you have searched me, you know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You know what I'm going to pray before I pray it. You hem me in. You're behind me and in front of me. It's all about him. And the cross is all about him loving you forever. Closing word. Hebrews 13, verse 3, it says this. When peace has come to you, you must help others who are suffering. When peace came to your pastor concerning his son's cancer, For these 16 years, I have gone to those three places because I know what suffering is and I know what God's promises have done. If God has given you peace, like the video said, wherever he has placed you, metro trains, neighborhoods, family get-togethers on Thanksgiving, Wherever he has placed you, if he has brought you peace, be that angel in someone else's life. Compassion International Sunday. When you go through there, you'll see something you'll never see in the United States of America. You'll see suffering that takes your breath away. And you and I don't have to go to El Salvador. You and I don't have to serve in the military. You and I can alleviate suffering by taking some child, bringing them into your life, and bringing not only your presence, but the promises of God into their life. More than an irony that on Veterans Day, we also celebrate Compassion International Sunday. Let me have a prayer with you. John 16, you gave a little word of advice to your disciples because you were going to die the next day. You said to them, if you think there will be no storms because I walk on the water and I'll protect you, I'm going to tell you storms will come. But the important thing I'm telling you is this. There is no storm you'll ever face 
Not on All Saints Sunday, not on Veterans Day. There will never be any storm that you'll ever face that I am not with you in the midst of that storm. And I shall bring my calm, my peace, my strength, hand in hand with you. Keep us strong in that faith, Lord. It is the most important thing we have. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.